1: I counted 15 mainstream films released in New Zealand between Boxing Day and Wellington Anniversary. I know that seems like quite a lot, but it is in fact a lot less than we used to get. The holiday season used to be awash with family comedies, art house mainstays and awards contenders. But this summer the competition was actually not all that hot. First up, animation. We just heard a clip from Migration. A family of ducks go on holiday only to become targets of a famous New York chef and his duck a la range. It was alright, but I was one of the few reviewers to have a soft spot for Disney's Wish, the film the studio commissioned to celebrate their 100th birthday. It came and went too soon. For older audiences, there was some quality on offer. Anthony Hopkins showed that at 85 he has lost none of his power and could effortlessly coax tears from even the toughest critic in One Life, a sensitive biography of Nicholas Winton, whose kinder transport saved hundreds of Jewish lives at the beginning of World War II. The beautiful islands of the Cyclades in the Aegean Sea were the main attraction of the French comedy Two Tickets to Greece. That is, until another British veteran, Kristen Scott Thomas, turned up and gave the film a little bit of bite. And George Clooney returned to the director's chair with a film about Olympic rowing.
2: I'm Coach Obrickson. Well, that's Coach Bowles, Coach Brown. You're all here because we're looking for the eight most qualified young men to fill out JV boat. That means that most of you will not be chosen. In fact, the majority of you will most likely walk away on your own within the next few weeks because your bodies will hurt, your minds will tire, and you'll decide this dream of yours to compete against the greatest crews in the world is just not worth it. There's no shame in that. Eight-man crew is the most difficult team sport in the world. The average human body is just not meant for such things. It's just not capable of such things. But average is not going to get a seat on my boat.
1: So good luck. The Boys in the Boat was the least offensive film of the summer. Perfectly enjoyable while you were watching it. Utterly forgettable straight afterwards. Pushing the boundaries a little further was Anyone But You, a raunchy romantic comedy based on Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. Set for some reason in Sydney, Australia, everyone and everywhere looked glamorous, sexy and chic. I predicted that it would be utterly critic-proof, and sure enough, it's already made over $100 million at the worldwide box office. Are rom-coms back? Maybe they are, if there's enough attractive flesh on display. Our horror film for the summer was the minor league Night Swim, the only novelty being it wasn't a haunted house that possessed us, it was a haunted swimming pool. One trend I didn't expect was that by the time the summer is over there will have been four new musicals in cinemas, Wonka, The Colour Purple, Mean Girls and Dicks the Musical. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom was our comic book superhero movie and while a little bit of Jason Momoa goes a long way, I didn't hate it until I saw the budget. $215 million is a lot to spend on a franchise that's fizzling out. A lean, mean franchise that looks like it's just getting started is The Beekeeper, starring Jason Statham at his most taciturn.
2: I'm a beekeeper. to protect the hive. Sometimes I use fire to smoke out hornets.
0: This is a multi-million dollar operation, asshole. Okay, so you can't come up here white knighting. Will you stomp his ass out, please?
1: Statham is actually the straight man in a delightfully silly, impressively violent and guilt-free piece of action nonsense that's notable for creating the most villainous villains that have done villainy on screen in ages. You want to see these people mashed up and you want it bad. Luckily, Mr. Statham is there to do the business. Also very much for adults is Yorgos Lanthimos's Poor Things, in which Emma Stone plays a Victorian woman reanimated by a mad scientist using the brain of her unborn child. It's exactly as weird as that sounds, but deliciously designed and played to the hilt by Stone, Willem Dafoe and Mark Ruffalo. But I did find myself wondering whether this was quite the feminist empowerment fable that I'd been led to believe.
0: These two are fighting and ideas are banging around in Bella's head and heart like lights in a storm.
2: Oh. You're always reading now, Bella. You're losing some of your adorable way of speaking.
0: I'm a changingable feast, as are all of we. Apparently, according to Emerson,
1: disagreed with by Harry. Come,
0: come, just come. You were in my son.
1: What? Michael Mann is another 80-year-old still going strong and his portrait of a few crucial months in the career of motor car engineer Enzo Ferrari contained the single most shocking and surprising sequence of the summer. Adam Driver is perfectly fine as Enzo but the heart and soul of the film, as she so often is, is Penelope Cruz as Enzo's estranged wife Laura. I've decided that she's the Ferrari the film is named after. And then there's Nicolas Cage, wandering in and out of everyone's dreams, enjoying the notoriety, but then letting it get to his head in the clever satire dream scenario. That's a film I liked better the more I thought about it, which is the opposite of how these things normally work.
0: Who's certain they've actually had a dream about me? Okay, let's explore this. This might get us somewhere interesting. Does anyone want to share the content of their dream? Yes, you? Well,
1: um, <clears throat> I'm in this forest, wandering around, eating these strange mushrooms, and I'm in like a full tuxedo for some reason. <laughs>